Thanks for listening to the best of the Odd Couple podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday from 7 p.m. to 10 p.m. Eastern, 4 to 7 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Odd Couple at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. You're listening to the best of the Odd Couple with Chris Broussard and Rob Parker. But anyway, and speaking Rob of the G, NBA, hop yeah. on the mic and give us the uh, summary of what is going on with the Nets and the Sixers, or at least the uh, latest reports. reported. Yes. Oh, it's getting spicy out of here in these Ooh. NBA streets. Sham Sharinia of the Athletic dropped a bombshell earlier this afternoon. He's saying that the 76ers and the Nets are expected to discuss a Ben Simmons for James Harden trade before next week's deadline. He's not saying it's imminent, right. but the two sides are willing to discuss a deal, and we could see something pop off in the next six days. Rob, your thoughts? I think the Nets would be bonkers, mad, wow. crazy to take Ben Simmons if you're serious about winning a championship. And I'll say this, Chris. I We haven't seen those three guys really together enough for me to pull the plug on it. When they were together, just to give you a little numbers, when they when they were together, the three of them, the three of them in the six playoff games, was that like four games? Six. <laughs> yeah, I know that's the problem. But but are you ready for this? I'm gonna give you a number. The big three had an offensive rating, Chris, of one thirty five point four in the playoff games together last season. That's six games. It's the highest offensive rating in the playoffs by any team at any team ever. Any team ever was, was 122.2 by the 2020 Jazz. And for a little context, that uh, 13.2 difference is the same as the difference between the number one offense, Jazz, and the last place offense, Thunder, this year. That's how big of a gap. You know what I mean? It's like right, encompasses right, the right, whole team. Right. So my point is, if I'm the Nets and I'm trying to win a championship, I would rather hold on to James Harden, hope it all comes together, give those three guys a chance to stand healthy for the postseason, win a championship, and even if he bounces, I'm good with that. But I'm not going to take on somebody else's issue. So now you have Ben Simmons. You don't know what what kind of player he's going to be for you. Is this guy going to shoot in the fourth quarter? Uh, uh, Is he going to be a problem? You already got Kyrie. Why would you take that on? I want all three of those guys to play as much. Now, if they're not healthy and you don't win, then you have to live with it. But the chances of them, two of the three guys being hurt again in the postseason, just aren't good. The chances are they'll be healthy. And I'd rather take a chance with those three guys than to bring Ben Simmons in. Well, I hear what you're saying because I think you're saying if you – as bad as they look, and they look bad, and not just the way they're playing, they've lost six straight. They don't look like a team. They don't have a leader on the court. I don't know if they got a leader on the bench. Um, Durant is injured. He'll be back, but you know we'll see if he stays healthy. And Harden, Rob, I think is frustrated to no end. And I think he's frustrated with Kyrie Irving, or if not with Kyrie Irving individually, he's frustrated with the situation. 
because he has mentioned several times about getting Kyrie back for all the games, right? And I think he's more frustrated now because Kyrie is not going to be able to play in all the games than he was two months ago. When Kyrie was gone for good or, you know, for all the games, I think Harden was fine mentally. Now he sees how good they could be potentially, and I think he is frustrated beyond measure with whether it's Kyrie or the situation. And you can see it in his body language. You can see it in the way he's playing. He's not defending anymore. Not that he was a great defender, but at least he tried. And he had four points the other night, and that's a problem. Now, to your point, though, as bad as they look, the Eastern Conference is devoid of juggernaut, and Milwaukee would certainly be the favorite right now in most people's eyes. But they haven't but even lit the they, world they, on yeah, fire. Yeah, and I don't look. Are they taking the attitude that some of LeBron's teams took after they won championships of, you know, it ain't about the regular season. Let's just make sure we're healthy, we're loose, we got our chemistry right, and then we'll turn it up in the play. Maybe. But whatever, they, they haven't looked great thus far. And obviously, Chicago and Cleveland are young. Philly is missing a piece. Uh, Miami is is good, well-coached, tough, hard-nosed, but, you know, they're not scaring you. So what I think what you're saying is Brooklyn has a better shot of winning it this year with Harden than they certainly, certainly than they would if they added Ben Simmons now. Right. Because you can always address – if Simmons doesn't get traded by the deadline, you can address that trade in the summer. Exactly. Exactly. So I feel you there. Like, I think Harden, I mean, we'll we'll see. I don't know this. I think he's gone, and I don't blame him. This is a mess. And we've said it. Who knows when Kyrie's going to be playing full-time again? And so I I think he's gone, but you got this year. And and, and you know, I'm, I'm this type of guy. If I'm Sean Marks, I'm calling Harden in, and I'm having a, a heart-to-heart, not accusatory, nothing like that. I'm just like, James, where you at, man, mentally? Like, you look kind of checked out. If you are, we can make this move. If you're not going to be – if you're just so upset and frustrated with the situation and, you, and you're 90% sure you're leaving anyway after the season, we can do this. But let me. But let me if say you can this. give me the whole, if you can go out hard this season, then let's go for it now, and we'll move you in the summer. And here's the other part: if you're James Harden, you better be very careful, Chris. This might be your only chance to win a championship. You might be one of those great players who never wins. And I'm not saying if he goes to Philadelphia, have a automatically good in Philly, that it's automatic that he that he wouldn't win. But I'm just right. saying, like like with those three guys. Healthy, that's going to be but your they best don't chance. Have all three. Well, I'm saying they you got, got you got to assume. No, I, you know? I get it, but but you got to assume that that's your best chance. And even if after you win, you don't want to be there, that would be fine because you have that in your back pocket. That's all. Yeah, I'm saying. you keep assuming they're gonna win if they're together. I'm no, I not. Just, I just I, mean, think, I that, think they got a shot. I think they have a shot to win. I'm just saying. Right. I, I I'm I'm not convinced that. Uh, I'm just if I'm the Nets, I'm not taking Ben Simmons. I'm just not. So you would you do the trade in the summer in offseason? After the year's over, let's say would, they get I, to the finals and lose, 
And I'd Harden to, wants to leave. Would you well, do the Well, if, if he son? doesn't want to be there, then I'm going to move him. But I right. don't know if it's – I'm what, not – I always tell you that. I, I never if, – if somebody doesn't want to be there, you know, you got to move on. I mean, I, I, I'm not, I would never want somebody to, to stay in a situation. You're not going to get the best out of them when they don't want to be there, you know? But I'm saying in the summer, obviously if Harden's available, like he'll, he'll be a free agent. And most of the teams with money are undesirable places. Detroit, I think, San Antonio, OKC. And so for him to leave you, he's going to, it's going to have to be a sign and trade. Right. So there'll be a lot of places you could move him. A lot of people would obviously love James Harden. So would you would you be interested in Simmons? Yeah, I don't, I don't know about Ben wait. Simmons. I would just wait. Oh, that's what I'm asking you. Would you yeah. be interested in Simmons? No, I'm not interested in him. Wow. Okay. I'm just not. Okay. I, I don't. I don't know who he is. I, I no, don't. and that's real. And I've, I said that on TV today. I, I think I said I it on I our show over the last few days. Like, right? I if I get the best of Ben Simmons, even as he doesn't shoot jumpers. Okay, let's say I can get the Ben Simmons from like a year and a half, two years ago. Right? I'll take that because I think he'd be great with the Nets if that if he's that guy because I don't need him to shoot much. He can be a playmaker. He can actually play down low on the dunker spot or near the rim because Durant and Kyrie aren't going to be down there. And Durant and Kyrie are my scorers. And so I think – and he's an awesome defender. I think he'd be a great fit for the Nets if he's the Ben Simmons of old. But I, you're right. You don't know. There's no guarantee this mental block that he has in Philly is just going to disappear exactly. when he goes to another team. And, so, and also where, where his head is – do you want a guy who could walk away from his profession, Chris? Like, like you're in the prime of your life. You could just di- – because somebody said something you didn't like, you're nah, going to stop mean, playing basketball? Yeah. I, that bothers I, I, me. I, I hear you. So he goes to the Nets and Marks or Nash says something. Now what? Does he right. turn his nose up to the organization? No, nah, it's, it's – come on, man. Come on. You're a grown man. You, you, and I – Rob – you know this. In any public profession, you have Just got to be able to take criticism. Just said it. Public. Public. Hello. That's this us. Is public. We don't Go. get it like athletes, but we get it. We get it. Are you kidding? And, and you could go work at, I say this all the time, go work at the post office, Chris. Nobody's going to bother you. Right. You're, you are absolutely right. Go play in Australia. Nobody I mean, will you won't get you. it as much as you get it here. Right. How about the politicians? They get raked over the coals every day. Trump. Everybody's ripping Biden. Do every you think day. about what it's like to be them? Yeah. And every single day you are catching darts. And so there's a certain level of mental toughness you have to have to play to work in a public profession and play in the NBA, which is a public profession. So Ben's got to look in the mirror and say, you know what? Let's go. Be sure to catch live editions of The Odd Couple with Chris Broussard and Rob Parker. Weekdays at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Hey, this is Jason McIntyre. Join me every weekday morning on my podcast, Straight Fire with Jason McIntyre. This isn't your typical sports pod pushing the same tired narratives down your throat every day. Straight Fire gives you honest opinions on all the biggest sports headlines, accurate stats to help you win big at the sports book, and all the best guests. Do yourself a favor and listen to Straight Fire with Jason McIntyre on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or 
wherever you get your podcasts. Right now, we're going to address, we're going to go back somewhat to this Brian Flores situation because this is a story that's not going away. This isn't a one-time story. You talk about one day and then it fades away. He is suing the NFL alleging racism. And uh, one of the teams in the suit, Rob, is three of them. That, well, he is essentially the whole league. Right. But, but, but he three names individual the Giants, teams. Right. right. Giants for interviewing him uh, when they had no intention of hiring him and they already exactly. made up their mind to hire Brian Dable. Um, the De- Denver and who's the other team that's named? Uh, obviously, Miami. And so Tiki Barber, who, of course, had a tremendous career with the Giants, uh, was a great running back, and does. Now he's in our business, Rob. Right. They're on the fan in New York, him and Brandon Tierney, who I used to work with, Chris, at ESPN Radio in New York. Brandon and I had a uh, short-lived radio show in New York. And um, they were talking about, obviously, the situation, and Tiki Barber – Really stood up for the Giants and the Mara family, the owners, and uh, got emotional about it. Here he is. I know them intimately. So when I say I don't believe they're racist, it's because I, I know they're not. And yeah, I mean, they don't have the, 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 the right head coach, the black head coach, uh, even though there's black players. They don't have a black general manager or a black coordinator. I know they're not a racist organization. And so for Dwayne to... to Try to boil me into saying something that's not true. It's frustrating because you don't know my truth and you don't know my 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 interactions with this with this Giants organization. All right, Rob, uh, Chris, you, I, I'm going to say this, about and it. I'm not. Yeah, I'm. I'm just going to let's just. I'm going to go for this. Shame on Tiki Barber. Shame on Tiki Barber. I'm glad you got so passionate. And so worked up about defending the Maras. And whether or not, I'm not here to call them racist, Chris, or whatever you want to say. But it's been a hundred years in this league of unfair and, dis- and disgraceful hiring practices. Even so bad that they had to implement a rule called the Rooney Rule, which would force white owners to even interview black people people to interview him Chris you know why not to hire him not to hire them to interview them because coaching cycles went on and on and on and people were hired and guess what no black people were even interviewed I'm glad you're so emotional for the Maras I wish you were that emotional for the plight of the black coaches but Brian Flores doesn't matter to you Neither does Eric Bieniemy or, or Byron Leftwich. Okay? What you got to do is go out of your way to talk about how they treat you. Smokescreen the story. Steal the story. Be mad because people aren't happy about the Giants hiring practices. That's right. Protect that suite and the party invite and the Christmas party, Chris, and the giveaways and all that. Tiki doesn't care. You know why? He has a comfy, cozy media job. Chris, he's not in the coaching ranks. He don't need a gig. 
Did he think for one minute about that? Brian Flores gave up his coaching career at 41. You're not going to take that guy seriously? Christian wasn't on his way out at 65 where he drops a bomb and walks out knowing he's never going to coach again? (laughs) Think about that. Right. That's where you should be. Uh, and, and, And this league, I would have loved. I didn't hear the whole show. I doubt Tiki Barber talked about guy after guy, Chris, where black coaches are overlooked they got better resumes, more experience, probably played in the league, and these young white guys who don't have any of their experience or resume gets hired over and over. The reason we're here, and what I mean here, this lawsuit and how people feel, is because of former players and guys like Tiki Barber. They're enablers. Every time something comes up, Chris, they run to protect those guys, the offenders. Oh, they're a good guy. I don't know what you're talking about. No, it's their track record we're talking about. Not them personally and how, how you feel about them or how they treated you. That's what we got, Chris, during the Black Lives Matter. It's about the flag. It's about the flag. Let's throw the smoke screen. Let's get people worked up. It's about the flag. It was never about the flag. And it's not about how they treat you, Tiki Barber. You got it wrong. Stick to the effing topic at hand. It's about the... We got eight coaches or so have been hired already this year. No black coaches. How many is it now? Seven or eight. No, I mean, how many coaches have been hired? Not black, period. Six now? Six, okay, and none so left. So six, and there's six. three left. Right. And, and and if Tiki has to go to bat, Chris, and say they're not racist, oh, it must be because of the way they treated him. And here's my other problem. I'm sorry. I get former athletes, what they bring to the table. But stop listening to these guys when it comes time to defend their school, their former coaches, their owners, or whatever. Because these guys are in bed with them, okay? And it's the same people who told us, oh, don't blame Joe Paterno. You know what? Joe Paterno's a great football coach, Chris. You remember that? Don't, the, but Bo Schembechler, don't soil his name. Michigan just paid out a half a billion dollars. Right, Bobby Knight. He drafted me. He was a Bobby Knight's the greatest guy I ever met. And here's my other part: Donald Sterling, Chris. He can't be racist. He owns an NBA team and he pays black guys millions of dollars. Did you hear the tape? We heard the tape. Just because somebody's paying black people or employ black people doesn't mean that they're not racist or, or they don't look at or value black people the same way in positions of power. The reason that the NFL is 70% black is because those are the best available players. You know why the NHL is 95% black? It's white, not because white. the owners are white are racist, Chris. The white owners are racist. It's because those are the best available players to play hockey. All right, that's my last point. My last point. 
we got to stop doing this. We got to stop making excuses when we're talking about a track record. The NFL has a 100-year track record. Stop making excuses. Talk about the issue at hand, Tiki. Why? Why haven't they hired a black coach? Eric Bieniemy has been dying for a job for three years. Why? That's what we want to talk about, not whether or not you like somebody because they drafted you or you played on the team or they send you a Christmas card or invite you into their suite. Just because they treat you nicely doesn't mean that they treat everybody else the same way or they deal with people the same way. What the Giants did was a fraud, a sham, and they should be raked over the coals for for making Brian Flores uh, perform for a dog and pony show, Chris, when they already had a coach. That's why they should be raked over the coals. Well, well said. Well said, Rob. Um The first thing I didn't like about what Tiki said is the way he kept emphasizing the word black. Right. They don't have a black coach. They don't have a black GM. They don't have a black. Like what? Like you making light of this? Like you said, because, you know, that's ridiculous. And here's the thing that Tiki doesn't understand. This is not about the Mars personally. Right. I'm, you know what, I don't know them. I never met them. I'm sure they're nice to black people, not just Tiki Barber. And they probably don't have much personal, if any, personal prejudice toward black people. Right? They probably treat them fine. But I don't, this ain't about personal relationships. When we talk racism, it's not about personal relationships. That's what I'm certainly with me. Absolutely. I don't care. Let, listen to me and listen to me good. I don't care if a white person does not like me. I don't care if they don't like me because I'm black. I don't care. You ain't got that much power over me. What I care about is when you have the power in society or in a company to hinder my quality of life because I'm black or other black people's quality of life. That's what I care about. Care if you don't like me because you black. Who are you? You're not that important that I got to feel that way. It's not going to make me feel bad. That's your loss. But when you have the power to hold me back, or hold people like me back. That's the problem. And John Merrick, while they may not be racist personally in terms of relationships, they are a part of a system that has systematically held back black people when it comes to coaching and being in front office positions. And they haven't done anything about it. They had a black GM once. Couldn't but they have, for the most out. part, they haven't done anything about it. And that's what people are talking about. It's not about John Mara being a nice guy. He probably right. is. Probably nice to whites, blacks, all types of people. It's about the system, and he's part of it. And he has the power. 
He's in a position where he can affect change. And I hate Rob now. I hate this situation now. For Eric B. Enemy, Byron Leftwich, Todd Bowles, and all the other qualified black coordinators out there now, because it's almost like the if one, when one of them does get hired, it's, it's gonna, gonna feel like uh, right. And even if it's not, that's how it's gonna appear and feel like. And so that's what we're talking about. And for Tiki Barber to act like it's just about liking people. And socializing with people. I got news for you. Blacks and whites socialized, had sex, did all types of junk during slavery. The little kids were growing up together for a little while, being friends. The little slave owner, owner's child with the little slave children. And they were friends as little kids. But then as they got older, there was a power dynamic. And the little friend you had years ago was now your owner. That's what we're talking about. I know this isn't slavery, but the power dynamic. Racism is about power, capital, and resources. It's not about liking each other. Yeah, of course, we want to like each other, have relations, but it's about power. That's why I was so offended by that, Chris, because it's, not, it's just not about somebody personally or right. how you get treated. It's a bigger story there. And to, 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 to reduce it to, I know them. I've known them for 25 years. And I'm getting emotional and I'm going to break down. Because how could you say that about the Maras? Really? Be sure to catch live editions of The Odd Couple with Chris Broussard and Rob Parker. Weekdays at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. All right, Rob. Uh, let's quickly go here. We'll reset the Harden. You know, Lee's story of the day was... This talk about Philadelphia and Brooklyn talking about a James Harden for Ben Simmons deal. Let me let's look at it from the other perspective quickly, because last time we talked about it, we looked at it strictly from a Nets perspective. If you're Philadelphia, what are your thoughts on this? I think it's a layup. Are you kidding? You're not getting anything out of out of uh, Ben Simmons, so you get a player. You, they've held their own without him. And to add James Harden there, I mean, I, I think it's a layup for Philadelphia. Anything you could get on that level of a player for a guy who did what he did to you, you know what I mean, put you in such a terrible situation, uh, I think you would jump on it. Well, and, and it's funny because we talked about the Nets, and we both tended to agree, look, if you're the Nets, your best chance to win the championship this year is just to keep Harden. Right. And you can make that trade perhaps in the offseason. But if you're Philly, I think it's the reverse. I would want to get James Harden right now. Right. I, I don't have to, at this moment, I don't have to give him an extension. So if it doesn't work out, if he doesn't play that well or whatever, then I don't have to resign him. And he could just, you know, go be a free agent or do what he wants to do. Uh, and I get a chance to see how he plays with Joel Embiid too. And so I, if I'm Philly, yeah, I would want to get it done now. Yeah, I agree Rather than in the summer, and I, I signed him to a $200 million deal. I don't know how he's going to fit with Embiid. I don't know if he's, you know, 
the player I'm seeing now or the player I saw last year. Right. You don't so, you have no yeah. idea. Right. You're, you're big time rolling the dice and you could be stuck with a guy who is aging. You know what right. I mean? Right before right. your eyes. And uh, he gets banged up, Chris, and hurt too, like all these guys. He was an Iron Man in Not Houston. anymore. None of right. these guys are. Although I, just, I think this ham- – I mean, I don't know. I mean, I, I think this hamstring might just be an excuse for rest. I, I honestly, you hope it's that, right? No, but, if you're but last year he got hurt in the first 35 seconds of the playoffs. Like, no, right, right. He, that was his first serious injury in maybe his career. Right, crazy though, right? Like 50 seconds into the game. Yeah, it's interesting, Robbie. You know, I threw this out there just kind of as a as a lost comment, but uh, as a side comment, think about it. Kawhi goes to the Clippers. It was the same summer, right? And Durant went to Brooklyn. Durant and Kyrie, Paul George and Kawhi go to the Clippers. And so far, it hasn't worked out for either team. No. You know, the Clippers unceremoniously bounced from the playoffs for two years. Then they get to the NBA Finals, Chris. I mean, to the uh, Western Conference Finals, finally, and Kawhi's hurt. Right. Like that, like that team. Like, right. Like, and it's been mainly injuries. Right. Uh, on both teams. But it just hasn't worked out. And, uh, you know, look, both franchises are in a better place than they would have been. Right. Oh, I no mean, doubt. they would have right. been irrelevant. So right. you still take it, but, you know, it, it, it hadn't worked out for either of them. Now, I'm going to throw this at you. This is just a, a quick comment from you if you have a, a take on this. Because we talked about the Portland trade and the Clippers. I mean, you, you, you want to look at it from a Clippers standpoint, and they're getting Robert Covington and uh, a few other – what. Uh, are they getting Norman Powell? Yeah, Norman, yeah, Norman Powell. Powell. Yeah, yeah. And, and Portland seems to be, for Portland, it was a salary dump. And I've been saying they need to start over. All right, they need to go young. Anthony Simons has played well. Uh, I was thinking maybe go get Ben Simmons for Dame Lillard and build that team in the image that Chauncey Billups, the vision he has for a team. Because you're not going anywhere as you are. Um quickly the way the angle I want to hit this from is different but if you're Philly would you rather trade Simmons for Harden or for Damian Lillard it's a tough one to me uh I think it's Harden because of his relationship with Daryl Morey you know I I just I I think that that would be the synergy Chris I hear what you're saying uh, I'm thinking that that would be the reason why, even though it has nothing to do with play on the court. Well, it's interesting because both of them, Harden clearly has been the best player. Of, you know, he's had the better career. Right. And I think he's the, when both of them are at the top of their game, I take Harden. But, and interestingly, Rob, both of them are a little down this year. Right. So the same question about, well, has Harden fallen off a little bit? Those same questions are there with Dame because he was having a down year this year. Um, But Dame has generally, you know, we've all seen Harden have these playoff situations where he just doesn't play well, right? In big moments. I mean, he's had a lot of just inexplicable meltdowns, if you will. 
And Dame has not really had – Dame's had some bad games, but he's also had a lot of clutch shots, and he's had some big games, even though he hadn't gotten very far in the playoffs for the most part. Um, but that's a tough one. I, I I like Harden better as a player, but I'm not sure I wouldn't go Dame. Mm, um, just because I think he's been – like Harden, here's the thing, and I think one of the reasons that Harden liked Brooklyn, Rob – was because with Kyrie and KD, think about it. Harden's the only blemishes on his career are these bad playoff moments, right. and and he hadn't always been bad. You know, he's had some big games here and there. You remember but that terrible? He's had these uh, bad. What when they shot over? What they? Well, they, How many? they missed twenty seven straight. But I mean, right. him. Right. You know, well, he was a two part for of that. 10, two saying. for eleven. Right. Right. Six points, bunch of turnovers, and things like that, and and that's like if Harden's in Brooklyn, he don't have to worry about that. It's like Howard Beck said, KD's gonna take those shots, or Kyrie's gonna take those shots. All you have to do is run the show and facilitate, and that would be a burden lifted off him. Rob, if he goes to Philly, oh, he's back in that meat grinder. When it's when the when the rubber hits the road and it's a game seven, it's a winner do or die game six. He is going. Yeah, Embiid might take some too, but it's you and Embiid. It's not going to be a Kyrie and a KD, and you're the third guy. Mm-hmm. So that's something I just wonder about that with with Harden. Um, but the point I want to make with Lillard is that. Clearly, it looks, Rob, like Portland is going young. And I think it's a smart move, but that's what it looks like. And here's what I say, Rob. I mean, they may very well now be thinking, you know what? We got to trade Dame. And I like it when a guy is, like, so confident in himself, so dug in, like, this is my team, these are my guys. We're going to go down swinging. We, whether we win it or not, we're trying our best to win it. But if we don't, I'm riding with these cats. I can handle it if we don't because these are my guys, and we're going to go down swinging. I like that. But there's a danger there, Rob. And we saw it with Allen Iverson, who was loyal to the soil of Philadelphia, and they decided to send him to Denver. Right. And then right. Denver sent him to Detroit. And then he they screwed up there. I don't know if you can remember if he got traded to Memphis or a free agent or whatever, but he ended up in Memphis. And it, it just it, – once he left Philly, he played well in Denver, okay in Detroit at times, but it was pretty much over. Right. And Russell just, Westbrook, loyal to the soil of Oklahoma City when KD left, Rob. And now he did have – they worked with him – but they trade him to Houston. Then he gets to Washington. Then he's with the Lakers. You know what I'm saying? Like, so, and it, it can happen. You're loyal, but they trade you, and then you're bouncing around, and it's never the same. You know what I'm saying? Right. No, that that's that's the problem, And but that's the nature of the business that ultimately, Chris, they can decide when they're ready to move on from you. Doesn't mean that you don't have to be loyal, but it's a so many you great weigh players. Everything, yeah. So many great players have been moved. You know what I mean? Like it's just it, it's not personal. 
It, it's not. You can no, but stay. it can't. It maybe it don't work out for you. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I, I just. I'm just saying you have to probably put that into your equation. Yeah, I guess you're right. When you're thinking about, when you you're know? thinking about making making right. a move, making that commitment. Oh, commitment to the organization. To the, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm here. We're gonna do this, and then next thing you know, they want to trade you in a year. Right. And here's yeah. the thing with Dame. Okay, yeah, sure. I'm sure they'll they'll be like, look, Dame, if they want to move on, hey, we're willing to work with you. We'll try to send you to a contender. You know, but at the end of the day, Rob, you know they're gonna do what's best for them. No, but they have to as an organization. Like right. here's the deal. Like, like we'll get less. We'll send them to Philadelphia for less. No, we right. can send them to the Knicks for more. I'm and sorry. That's what I'm, I'm saying. Right. I'm I'm gonna send you to the Knicks. I'm sorry that they're not uh people don't think that they're gonna be in the in the Eastern Conference Finals. And they're not. They're not you're gonna be sorry. Right. <laughs> but, right. But you know sorry. what I mean? But but sorry, right. but we, we need to do what's best for us. Right. And the Knicks are going to offer us more of what we really need for our franchise, maybe another pick. So we got to right. do this. Right. That's it, and that's what who I'm was saying. It, Chris, who was the best? Who was the player in the NBA, uh, the, 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 the shooter? J.J. Redick, who was mad. Remember yes, that they tra- – Yes, He, he wanted was to in go New closer Orleans, to where his, and I yeah. think he wanted him to trade him to Dallas or something. There, maybe it was promise made. It was, because and it was about the family. Yeah. yeah, they sent him. I can't remember. Was it Washington? I don't remember what they sent. Him. But yeah, you're right. And he was upset. And I, I'm with you, Rob. I get it. You know, it would have been nice if they could have looked you up. But right. we, we, we got to do it room. and it doesn't hurt us, then I don't have any problem doing it. Right? And see, that's why, honestly, and I get, you know, that's why you can't, I can't look at a LeBron and be mad because he's like, look, man. They might do it to you. So I got to look out what, for what's best for me. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I, I had, like I said, I like the Iverson Westbrook Lillard mentality, but you have to weigh all the options and you have to consider that. Yeah. I've told them I want to stay and it's all good. Cause right now they're like, Oh yeah, we want you to stay. But what about a year from now when y'all a mediocre team? You know, when you're not, your team's not that good or you're getting older or they see one little, you've dropped off a slight amount and they're like, you know what? We better trade him now while he still has value. You know, so it's just a lot you got to look at. 